Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, or you can find me personally at Justin Bizarro, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find this podcast along with the other podcasts I do on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. So that being said, I'm going to jump right into it. I'm going to introduce our guest, Michael from Nash Dogs, again, is back uh, from Nashville, Tennessee. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm good. How are you, Justin? I'm doing, per- I'm doing okay. I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, I guess. You know, I can't complain. You know, I try to ground myself on the things that are happening and that life happens for me, not to me. Um, but today's definitely been a hard day as I discussed with you beforehand. Um, and I think we all go through that as entrepreneurs. I think those days weigh heavy on us because we have such freedom, uh, by being entrepreneurs. Um, and we're seeking such growth that hard days can often feel like giant leaps backwards. Um, but in actuality, they're happening for us to grow us. So I'm doing pretty good. Long answer short or short answer long I guess technically so Michael tell me about uh what have you been up to um uh how are things going uh for the business um since we last talked and how are you preparing for the summer because I know that Nashville has a boom in tourism uh during this time and obviously food the food industry always booms a little bit more during the summertime. So talk to me a little bit about that. How do you prepare for it? Do you do specials? Do you do new items for the summer? Talk to me a little bit about all of that. Um, so just to answer the first question, as far as kind of a little quick update to where we are now, um, since we last talked, um, actually, I'm uh, down in Jacksonville, Florida right now. My wife and uh, son and I, we all decided to take a quick little getaway down to Jacksonville. So we're on vacation for a couple of days and it's actually really nice. I'm sitting here looking at the beach and the ocean talking with you. So kind of the fruits of the last uh, year's worth of labor kind of coming together. And it's really nice. Um, just kind of um, getting a taste of, you know, the, the success that I'm working towards. Um, it's a bit of a tangent, but I was listening to Ed my left the other day. And he was talking about how, you know, we all have this grandiose idea of how we want to be successful and, you know, what it is that, you know, we're going after and what the best version of ourselves looks like. And um, he kind of spoke about uh, how we always kind of delay the, it seems like we delay the reward, you know, um, to, you know, to, to work on getting there, but never actually stop to get a flavor of what we're, working towards. So long story short, his example, the simplest one was, you know, like, let's say that your goal is to have a Lamborghini. Well, you can't afford one today, but you can certainly maybe go rent one for a day um, and, you know, kind of see what it is like to, to have a Lamborghini and to, to drive a Lamborghini, you know, get behind it and feel that power. So long story short, just kind of, th- that's what this vacation is for me. Um, I've got my wife and my son here with me and we've been having a blast and certainly understand that this isn't something that can be done like every day right now, but hoping that one day, um, you know, we'll start to get more than a, you know, if this is just a piece of the pie, maybe one day we'll have the whole pie. Right. So doing really well, um, business is going great and it's exactly kind of where I expect it to be. Um, it's 
you know, we uh, last year when we went on vacation, we had to um, shut down some of the operation, just more or less, just to kind of alleviate the the concern that everything was going to run the way that it was supposed to. Um, this year, um, you know, we can tell that we've made progress because, um, you know, with that we've got several events that are going on back in Nashville in addition to our location at Opry Mills. So this year we didn't have to um, close the mall down. We didn't have to um, say no to any of our events on our food truck. So anyways, things are definitely going in the right, in the right direction. And um, there are, you know, tangible uh, examples in front of us. So that's been really nice. Now, as far as, Answering the, the second question that, that you had there, which is kind of how we're preparing for the crazy food truck or the crazy uh, food season in Nashville. I mean, um, you know, right now is uh, CMA Fest, Country Music Fest, just ended um, in Nashville. And that's always one of the, the biggest weeks. I mean, you see a huge influx of people all over the city. And um, really, it's just... The, like in that particular week, I mean, just making sure that we're like overstocked on product and everything, kind of have a, a plan in place. It's very hard to gauge how many people are going to be coming into the city. So that really affects our um, our mall operation a lot. It's a huge tourist destination. And then as far as the food truck side um, goes, uh, the summer always kind of turns up our uh, event inquiries. You know, in the past couple of months we've really stopped doing uh, like random pop-ups you know uh, we're much uh, more interested in doing events where we know hey there's going to be x amount of people here um, and maybe it's a single payer source instead of you know going downtown and hoping to sell to 150 people in six hours we'll, we'll go do an event where we do 200 people in three hours you know and instead of those individual people paying for themselves. Maybe it's like a, a corporate event, you know, or um, some type of get together. And so anyways, what I'm getting at is we've really started to kind of hone in on that, on those simpler transactions. And it seems like this summer has really kind of turns up on that. So um, to, to kind of get prepared for that, we, we did a lot of um, kind of like smaller test caterings and just different things to kind of get ourselves geared up to be prepared for. Um, last year, we said no to more events than we said yes to. So I'm trying to get to a point to where we're able to say yes to more of the more lucrative events that are better for our time and, you know, a little more um, uh, financially financially beneficial, if you will. But that's kind of a, kind of a long answer to both questions there. No, and um, I want to go back to the first thing you said, and honestly, and that was like if if it took me a few takes to get this started today, if the audience and I'm, you know, opening up my kimono here a little bit, but I was trying to do a commentary that I've been meaning to do for a while, but I just can't get it out of my mouth for some reason, and um, it's emotional for me. That's probably why. And like as soon as I start getting emotional, it's like nope, I I don't know if I can go there because I don't know if I'll, how long it's going to take me to get out of it. Um, just because it is so emotional, but weirdly, Michael basically spoke the words for me, um, just now. And I don't know how that just happened, but he referred to the thing with Ed Millett and the grandiose thing, um, as well as, um, living life and enjoying life and what we work for. And so I have a few questions here that I've been avoiding that I'm just going to quick talk about, and then I'm going to 
tie it back into what Michael was saying uh, for the audience that that I did for over 24 years basically we did over well into the hundreds of millions of food uh, per year okay we built a company when I was 18 I did with business partners and my father and we had over 33 subsidiaries at one time. We were in restaurant equipment. We built restaurants. We built food trucks. We owned food trucks and trailers, and we owned restaurants, and we um, we owned an IT company, and we owned a uh, business technology company. We actually owned part of a company that manufactured food equipment, and we, and we grew internationally um, over sourcing and grew – grew into vertical integrations and farms and processing and logistics and transportation and having our own trucks on the road and controlling as much of the process as we could so we could deliver the highest quality to our end users, which a majority of them, our biggest uh, sector was hospitals across the country, Kaiser Permanente, HHC Hospital, which is all the New York City hospitals, Carilion Health down in Virginia, and there's a lot of others, Inova in Northern Virginia, We've done Meals on Wheels across the country, uh, anything related to hospitals. We had a hospital group in Texas. We've done hospital groups in Georgia, so on and so forth um, across the country. We even, anyone who does renovations to hospitals or whatever, we were the person that would help them get through renovations uh, and still support food in their facilities, even if it was a temporary contract. We were just the go-to company, okay? When everything sort of came to an end, um, not by my choice, obviously. I'm the youngest one of the group, and so I thought this would go on forever. I'd built something that I thought would last forever. But what I didn't account for is that humans and business partners change their mind or seek comfort even though you seek growth through discomfort, okay? And just from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I didn't stop to enjoy what my life now is I got so caught up and you guys can hear it in some of my podcasts um, about December ish time period where there was about a three month period where I was so angry and so rageful and so mad at my situation which I don't know why I was it was an opportunity to do something better it's opportunity to do something greater it's opportunity to rebuild but in my head I was like how am I ever going to get to hundreds of millions of dollars of food ever again in my life Okay, I didn't, one, I guess I didn't believe in myself as much, or I thought maybe it was my partners that helped did it. I don't know what it was, but I really became not a great person, even though I live by great principles, I have great core values, but I let my rage, my anger, my self-doubt, my self-pity uh, really get control over me, okay? And as an entrepreneur, this is an interesting thing because as entrepreneurs, our entrepreneurial spirit, our entrepreneurial ingenuity, our, the way that we live our lives is in our families, it's in our businesses, it's in our communities. We are a leader and the way we act as an entrepreneur often is the same way we act everywhere in our life. And I didn't realize how angry I was. I didn't realize how rageful I was. I didn't realize I was even taking it out on the world around me by basically isolating myself, not giving the people that deserve my love, my love. And in a lot of ways, I was short. I was angry. I'm like, how can you be giving this to me right now? Can't you see what I'm going through right now? I've lost my identity, you know, because I did lose my identity because it was attached to the business improperly and not attached to my family life and not attached to the people around me. 
And as an entrepreneur, I just, I want to give everyone this lesson because I feel like if I don't say it, I'm not helping anyone in this way. But we've got to be very careful about attaching our identities to our entrepreneurial journeys, okay? And letting them define who we are. Okay, and the amount of money we make, especially if we become successful, letting that define us as well. Okay, where we're actually even subconsciously defining ourselves by the the winning money and not by actually the impact we're making in the world or the impact we're making on the humans around us and our own self-ambition and I will call it selfishness in our goals. While we need to be selfish, while we need to put on our mask first, we still need to put on other people's masks and we can't burn down bridges or not put on our mask and thus not put on someone else's mask. And I know that I threw a lot out there and that may be hard to understand. But what I am telling everyone is I hope you don't make the same mistakes I've made. Okay, because I blew up something that was the greatest thing in my life and the greatest relationship in my life and great relationship with stepkids because I couldn't deal with myself anymore because I hated myself because I lost a business. And it's the weirdest thing to think that I had as much success, have, have, still have, as much success as I've had, but yet I was hating myself so much because I lost my identity, because I attached it way too long to a company I'd started when I was 18 years old till 24. I didn't know what to do. It happened so suddenly. It was literally in a two-week period that it all just happened. It was one of the craziest things I've ever been through, and it all happened so fast that I completely lost who I was. I didn't know how to ground myself. I stopped talking to friends. I stopped talking to mentors. I stopped showing up on the Arate calls, even though I was paying for membership in Arate group for entrepreneurs who know what that is. And I just stopped being responsible for some reason. Like, it's totally weird. Like, I just, you know, blanked out and I took, you know, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. So, like, here I am. I'm making pizza and I'm making donuts and I'm trying to learn all these businesses I'd never done before. And DoorDash because I'm like, okay, this is the delivery business. And I literally had so little understanding or belief in myself outside of what I had done. I didn't realize that I could do it anywhere that I literally crumbled and put myself at the bottom on purpose to try to rebuild myself and hit rock bottom and destroyed a lot of relationships and hurt a lot of people. Um, but I do want everyone to know that you, you can make amends, even if it doesn't change the outcome. You know, And you need to let go of the outcomes in your life and let go of the things striving for your goals and striving for your businesses to do well is exactly what Michael said. Regardless of if your business blows up or your life blows up, it's still at the end of the day about your family and spending time with your family. That's what it is with God. That's what it is with our lives. Ultimately, it should be God, family, business. And for me, during the the growth periods or the rough periods, for some reason, the business would always take go ahead of God and family. Okay, maybe that's why I had so much success because I was able to hyper-focus on just that. But the rest of my life always suffered. And then when everything went away and I hyper-focused on what I had lost and the business and where I'd done wrong and why didn't I do things differently and how didn't I separate myself and why did I set things up that way I knew better, um, I got lost in that. So I don't know if that helps anyone out there who's in, in a situation or going through life right now. But I will say this, none of it means anything without your family. None of it. There's nothing worth celebrating. There's nothing worth enjoying. 
unless you have your family and your friends. Okay, and that means treating them well and them treating you well and picking the right circle of friends. But I had done that already by then. I had chosen the right people in my life and the right group and surrounded myself with the right circle, including Arite, including mentors, including coaches, including family, including friends. But for some reason, I suddenly hated myself so much and lost my identity so much. Um, and I had this idea that I'll just start over and new family and kid having kids of my own will make me feel better. These All these delusions, okay, that happen, it's not good. And so, Michael, I appreciate you letting me give some commentary. This is your episode, but I felt now that you said it, it really helped me anchor what I was trying to say. And it was God spoke through you right there. As I say, God speaks through others, not through us. Like, if you want a message open your mind and see what's happening for you around you and I didn't do that for a period of time and it blew up my life three months you know three months I blew up my life and five months later I'm still trying to repent I'm still trying to make amends I'm still trying to fix the damage that in three months I caused you know so as entrepreneurs I think we really need to be you know I'm an example of it I uber success hundreds of millions of dollars in food hundreds of millions of meals over a lifetime. Never missed a delivery in 24 years. Not one. Not one. You know, even with earthquakes, even with the hurricane in New York City flooding the city, even with 9-11, not one time did we miss a delivery. Hurricanes, tornadoes, floods, whatever, we were there. Even had our food trailers go help and support the individuals there. But I didn't hold on to any of that. I felt like a failure. I felt like I failed the business, even though it was successful. And it wasn't a failure at the end in many ways. Some ways, yes. Some ways, no. But I hated myself for some reason. I can't explain why. But I think as entrepreneurs, if I could say anything about our mental health, it's understanding that it all isn't on us. That we aren't the star of the show, that we aren't the end-all, be-all, and we can't fix everything. Because for me, I'm always the person like, I am not doing enough. What am I doing wrong, and why is this not successful? What can I do better? And I put so much pressure on myself when I didn't have anything that I ruined my life. Okay, so it's weird to think that I have this podcast, and now I'm having to be vulnerable in this way. And I want to give everyone butterflies and rainbows and tell them how great it is to be an entrepreneur in life. But it's only butterflies and rainbows if you choose to prioritize properly and you don't allow yourself to go um, into a slump which I did which was this is happening to me why is this happening to me why are you doing this to me God why is my family doing this to me when the reality is is I was doing it to everyone else because I didn't realize that life was happening for me to grow to give me the opportunities that I have now like Futopia TV or the TV show we're working on you can look it up at Futopia TV on Instagram you know, we're working on an entrepreneur show that's going to go around the world and tell the story of entrepreneurs and food, you know, from the farm to the table, the different entrepreneurs that are involved in all the cities in the world, because there are more food entrepreneurs in the world than anywhere else. But I didn't realize that life was happening for me. So thanks, Michael, again, for letting me do that. Do you have any comments on that? I'll let you comment on my commentary if you want. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. I was, um, actually taking a couple of uh, little quick notes because I did a couple, have a couple of things I wanted to speak on. Um, so 
and I'm not really even sure to what point this was, but I mean, I was just kind of taking notes as I was going. So I'm just going to speak on it and we'll kind of understand what it applied to. Um, so just to relate to your experience, you know, you kind of said that you, ex- um, you know, kind of tasted some, some failure in the business that, you know, a couple, you know, a while back that you hadn't really expected and it took you a while to get through that. So we just wanted to kind of start by um, relating to that. Um so, you know, Nash Dogs is less than three years old. I mean, you, your business is, you know, you said like 25 years, you know, that's that's a, that's a while, you know. Um, so for me, to, it just really puts things into perspective for, for me. You know, I'm almost three years in and um, a couple of months ago, you know, what is, it's now June. So I would say like maybe early April, um, you know, I was just going through some uh, some things in the business kind of on my own really you know i had some uh some great support in place already but um those people were doing as much as they could and the the support not because of them but the support just wasn't adequate and what i mean by that is you know we just needed more bodies more people uh to come in and care about the uh about what we're trying to do you know i've got this um this idea of what it means for Nash dogs to be successful. And, you know, often I try to evaluate that and make sure that we're moving in the direction that we're supposed to. Um, but I think that a lot of us can get hyper-focused on what the goal is and, you know, we just get chasing after that and then, you know, maybe look back and see that we could have done things slightly different or, um, so just kind of explain the situation. We were just having like some, some, some staffing issues and um, just, you know, the, the, we just opened up Opry Mills. You know, that's our mall location and um, it has to be open seven days a week. You know, there's, I don't get to pick the hours. I have to be open the, the hours of the mall. Um, I have to be open the hours that the mall are open, you know. Um, and I have a very high quality um I have a very high standard for what the quality is supposed to be, you know, um, from from customer service all the way to the meal that we're putting in front of them. So I was just running into a lot of frustration on my own where one didn't have the support, uh, you know, the way that I felt that I wanted. You know, I, I felt like that I needed more people to come into the business to to care the way that I do, the way that the other folks that were you know, with Nash dogs do. And, um, what I kept running into was, you know, a wall, I guess, you know, trying to add people in, you know, I, I hired three people in a row and they were all three, um, just not a great fit for the business based, you know, just a couple of different things. And each time with each person, uh, you know, I had a feeling on my spirit to not bring these people into the business. Um, you know, even interviewing them, um, just, I felt it in my soul. Like this person isn't really what we're looking for, but wanting to grow the business focus, you know, hyper-focused on the goal. Maybe I, um, you know, acquiesce a little bit and just, you know, allow folks in, you know, allow them the grace to, to prove me wrong. Um, but what I found is that when my soul speaks, you know, it's, it's, it's God, it's the universe, it's the, the energy around me telling me this isn't a good fit. Um, so three times I went against it and three times I was slapped in the face. Um, and 
I feel like that if I listened to my um, instinct to begin with, maybe I would have been a little better off emotionally and maybe not as um, upset and angry that things weren't going as planned. Um, I felt like now in hindsight, I feel like that I had been kind of hiring from desperation. Um, and now I'm fully focused on we are as good as we're going to be today and we're hoping to be better tomorrow. And if that's not good enough to attract a great employee or someone great that wants to be a part of the company, then that's okay. Um, but what I prefer now and what I've committed myself to now is that if we are going to grow and expand, um, I'm not going to hire from desperate, hire from desperation. I'm going to allow the universe, allow God to, to put people in the path of Nash dogs that actually align with the goals and the purposes that we're trying to achieve. Um, you know, a couple of months ago when I was feeling all of those emotions, I was definitely in, um, I was feeling very angry, like pretty pissed off. You know, I do all of this work and create such an awesome brand and just really go out of my way to make sure that things are, you know, on the up and up. And um, at the end of the day, I look around and like, what the hell, man, like things could be better. And what, so that, that was the thought. Um, and then I quickly realized that what I was being was ungrateful um, and not focusing on the things that are going well in the business. Um, you know, and grateful for the people that do show up. You know, I was grateful for them, like, in the moment, but not really, like, taking the time to sit back and say, you know what? Like, these people are great. I'm great. Nash Dogs is great. Let's just do things the way that we, you know, the way that, you know, um, the, the best that we can today. And we'll make incremental progress daily. And hopefully in a couple of months, we'll look back and the businesses that are better um, – in a better position uh, but I, I've, I realized that over the past couple of months that that's the path I should have been taking all along because since then um, just we've attracted the people that we needed to attract instead of me I'll never post another ad on indeed again you know like I, I, I'm not I'm not doing Facebook posts I'm right anymore. there with what, you on that one actually but go on yeah I, I'm not doing Facebook postings anymore asking you know, people to apply for a job. The way that I look at it now, and, you know, I apologize if I sound a little arrogant or cocky. Like, if you want to be a part of Nash Dogs, you're going to ask me. Like, you're going to come ask someone in the business, hey, what does it take to be a part of Nash Dogs? And we're going to vet you, and we're going to bring you in. And um, I will not, um, you know, kind of – I'm not going to back off of what my standards are in hopes to bring someone in to make a couple of more dollars. Um, the, the goal of the business was, you know, is to make money, but the, the biggest goal is to take care of our families generationally. And I truly believe that if that's going to happen, that all of our values, um, the things that are important to us have to be in place from day one with everyone that joins us. And I feel like that our business is at a point to where if someone looks at the business and doesn't want to be a part of it, I mean, it's not, it, it it's going to get better a little bit every day, but if you can't join it today, you're not going to want to be a part of it in six months. You know, we're, we're solid as a rock and only continuing to grow. And I think that I'm just, I've decided to live in that energy and to be grateful for what I have around me and then hope that, um, that in the energy that we put out, um, draws more people to us. And I'm, I'm a firm believer that, um, 
and hermeticism. I don't, I don't know if you all are familiar with that, but you know, it's the study of the law of the universe and how our energies affect the people around us and how their energies affect us. You know, um, everything that you say and do, um, whether you mean it or not, um, is going to come true. And this, I'll finish it up with this. You know, there's um, this is a great example. There's uh, we all listen to music, right? And we catch ourselves singing along to these songs that we know. So there's this song that Drake uh, put out a couple of years ago. It's called God's Plan. And I listen to it pretty frequently. But one of the lyrics in the song is, he says, God's plan. It's a lot of bad things that they're wishing, that they're wishing on. And he says, me. But like, I refuse to sing that lyric because there's no bad things that anyone's wishing on me. And I truly believe that even if you are singing that lyric, unintentionally, you are attracting that energy. So down to the, the TV that I watch, to the, the lyrics that I sing, the conversations that I have with people, there, there's no self-doubt. We talk positive things. And even the little voice in the back of my head, when it gives me those thoughts that don't align with what I'm trying to actually project in real life, I don't speak them into existence um, because I know the path that I'm on. And even if my logical brain thinks that those you know, negative thoughts are... They, they apply in some way. I think that in some way we have to live in, um, to use this word again, we have to live in a grandiose mindset that the things that we're trying to do and achieve are going to happen. And that the incremental progress on a daily basis is going to get us to where we are. And um, it takes being hyper aware of everything down to the, the simple words that you speak, you know, to the person that you talk to at the gas station counter, you know, like when you go in, to a store, like you feel that person's energy when you walk up to the counter, um, you know, they could be in a good mood or a bad mood. And before they say a word, we can feel what they're giving off, you know? So um, just really trying to get to a point. So I realize that everything that we do um, affects everything around us. Like if you yell at that person at the counter, or if you say something nice to them, they're going to carry that over to the next person. And the next person that comes into the gas station is going to feel your energy even though they're not there. And maybe that person carries it home to their spouse. So long story short, just really trying to get to a point to where I'm living in the energy that I know that I'm supposed to be in. And that's all. And not allowing anything to pull my focus from that and just making sure that uh, I'm in alignment and focus with um, everything that I'm intending to happen, you know, but I'm the only person that's going to make it happen. So I've got to live it daily and not speak against it. So. And I and I agree with you about the the God's plan in the song and not utter the words because of the laws of attraction by saying them out loud or repeating them we're actually attracting that into our lives even if it is really going on. And believe me as someone who's who's had people wanting me to die or wanting my dogs to die or my family to die or whatever because they think I've wronged them and they've come after me directly or even tried to hurt my animals or my family. Um, or stalk or harass or whatever it comes with being a business person it comes with growing over 100 employees guys you're going to have employees you're going to have people you're going to have other entrepreneurs you're going to have people that are going to come after you okay but the point that i'm saying is you don't want to give it light because it will grow in the light okay anything grows in the light including darkness if you're not careful so don't give darkness light it will grow it will start taking over the light 
Okay? I love that. And so the other thing I want to talk about is you mentioned desperation. And I have made this mistake so badly so later in in my career, okay, is when COVID happened and the everyone exited the food industry, like you could see at McDonald's, Hardee's, it didn't matter, Chick-fil-A, everyone's short staff, even though Chick-fil-A somehow has like a thousand little kids running around all the time. That seems very inefficient to me. It is inefficient, I should say seems. I know it is. But... You can see all the cups stack up on the counter. But anyway, it's um, the the thing about desperation is, is even if it's from hiring, that little energy that you have, if you put desperation energy anywhere in your business, it will explode across your business. And for some reason, even the team members or employees pick up that desperation. Your vendors do, your clients do. They see the desperation in your company and they freak out, even if you're doing financially well. And what it does is it doesn't attract people because desperation doesn't attract people. Imagine you love a girl, okay, or a boy, and you love them, but all of a sudden they become desperate, okay? It is a turn off. I don't know why. I don't know why as humans that happens when people need us the most or they're desperate for us the most, we tend to just be like, nope, because we, we, we feel it's like a need. We feel it's like a dependency. We feel like, oh my God, there's danger. What's going on with this person? What's going on with this business? Okay. And that is very true. You will actually repel the good things in your business. The core values, if you have them that you're living by, can all come down, even if you have 12 of them. They can all suddenly disappear because once you become desperate, people don't like desperation. There's fear there for some reason. It creates a lot of fear in people, and most people um, live in fear, and they run from it. It's a flight. Most people don't fight, just so we're aware in the world, okay? They want the easiest, most comfortable path ever. I don't think it's the right way to go personally because I seek discomfort and growth, seek discomfort in business, seek discomfort in whatever. But I will tell you the moment I allowed that slight desperation in my business, it cost me greatly. Okay. And it took me forever to try to get it out. And ultimately at the end of the day, I don't think I ever got it fully out of my business. Okay. I really Matt- appreciate you, you speaking on that and I, I don't know if you were continue, but I just had something I wanted to comment, so I'll wait till you're done. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, um, on my, just like in my personal life, I've really started to kind of live some of the things that we, we've been speaking on as well. And trying to, I've always kind of, and I've been with my wife since high school, 15 years in, and I've always been extremely comfortable with us having friends of the opposite sex. You know, I have other friends, you know, that, like he's not allowed to to have like girls' phone numbers in his phone, you know, and like she, like his girl's not allowed to like have like uh, male coworker friends, you know, and like what that shows like insecurity and uh, so. Anyways, what I'm getting at is I've always tried to live from a point of like exuding like self confidence in a humble way. Um, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. I know how awesome that I am. And uh, from, you know, from a relationship perspective, like if you want to go hang out with someone else, do that, you know, and uh, I'll see you later on this evening. Um, And if 
for some reason you find that person to be more preferable than me, like I'm not going to fight you on it because I know the value that I bring to the table. Know how awesome that I am. Same thing with Nash Dogs. Um, And and that's why I had to get away from um, hiring from desperation because not not that I date. I mean, again, I've been together for 15 years, but um, just like I don't date from desperation, I'm not going to hire from desperation because just like you said a second ago, it becomes unattractive because I believe that then people start wondering, okay, so, well, I mean, you're hiring me or you're wanting me out of desperation. So what's wrong with you? What is your flaw? Opposed to, um, let me just show you how awesome Nash Dogs is. And if you think that it's awesome, you'll pursue me. And if you don't, maybe you'll find something better or not, you know, but just, just to speak on your, your, to your point there, really think that we have to live the energy that we um we have to demonstrate the, the energy that we say that we have you know like if you're if you're awesome and you're fantastic be that and um if you truly are that it'll show up in your life if not then you know that'll also be be obvious maybe you're having a lack of success in your business or your relationship isn't going so well but i really do feel like that our self-confidence um is what speaks the loudest and the way that we're looking to execute things and our, our values are what's going to attract people in. And the old saying, actions speak louder than words, right? So let me show you what I'm about. Let me show you who I am. And um, if I am who I say that I am, I'll see you soon. If not, I'll keep working on myself. I agree with you on this. And, and what I what I think um, what I really want to tie this to is it's exactly what you said. If we are desperate in our business, we all we take on that desperation. We become desperate in our relationships, whether we realize it or not. We become desperate in our lives. OK, and I'm really going to tie this together for everyone because I couldn't have picked a better topic today. And you just stumbled upon it. I don't know. God is speaking because he's allowing me to get this out to the world, to the entrepreneurs, because I've been figuring out how to get this message across and, and what podcast to do it in amongst the many I do. But here's the thing. And I know everyone's going to be like, oh, that's not true. But I will I will humans. If you generally categorized all humans, there's givers and there's takers. I, I'm sorry, there just is. In my experience in business, in my experience in life, you either have very giving people selfishly, even though they may have selfish periods, but they're generally givers. But then you have people that are just takers. Everyone owes them. Life happens to them. And that's just the way they live their life forever. They're, the government needs to take care of them or their businesses need to take care of them or they're never getting enough and nothing's ever good enough for them. Okay? When you go, if you're a giver and you're an entrepreneur, because most entrepreneurs are givers, at least in food, I would say, because you understand the impact the world around you and how much impact your food has and and breaking bread. And even the best ones now are starting to realize the impact they have on the globe and the planet and how food is going to be our savior. Okay, so this is what happens for everyone. Okay, and I how do I know? (laughs) I've lived this to the fullest, even with massive amount of success, okay? Because the minute I allowed desperation into my life, into my business, we couldn't get enough employees, couldn't get enough in Georgia, couldn't get enough in California during COVID, couldn't get enough in New York because we were going into the hospitals right into the freaking war zone, for lack of a better term. 
the the crazy place and our my employees were willing to do it. even though the nurses and the doctors weren't willing to deliver the food we had employees that were so dedicated and such givers that were still left even though we didn't have enough that were still spending extra time to make sure they were going to the hospitals and helping getting the food in there okay so what happens is when you get desperate you start attracting takers okay they see that you're desperate they see that they can start taking advantage of you okay they can start using you your business the other employees the vendors though they can steal from you because you're willing to put up with it because you're like oh my god i really need them what am i going to do without them whether they're managers or supervisors i'd had managers and supervisors that have been for me for years that all of a sudden saw the desperation and started trying to negotiate and leverage it on our business like trying to take advantage of it, knowing that suddenly they had power. Suddenly you turn over the power to the employees. I get it. Everyone's like, oh, it's a democracy and everyone needs to hear their word and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Okay? When you turn over too much power to takers, they're going to keep taking until they rob your business blind. Okay? But, and they're going to be justified in it. Why? Because there's this thing, this energy that's going around of desperation. So they're like, oh, before everything gets bad or everything gets more desperate, I'm just going to take what I deserve, okay? And the human mind does this. I don't know why, but it plays a trick on us, particularly with takers, okay? And we talk about narcissists and whatever in today's era and, and whatever that means. They've always existed, yet so somehow we've dealt with life with them always. And I get what we're talking about now. But we also create narcissists in our life through desperation. Whether we realize it or not, we create the ability for people to control our outcomes. Okay, And we rely on them too much to for the outcomes that we're tied to. And so we got to stop being tied to the outcome. We got to just do what we do today. And we got to not be desperate to what Michael was talking about. We've got to allow the laws of attraction to take place in the right ways, meaning I'm doing the right thing. I'm living the right way. I'm not going to go promoting my company. I'm going to go living by the laws of attraction because promotion leads to desperation always. Okay, I don't care if you're McDonald's trying to get employees, you're putting signs all over your building, hire, 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 you're looking for a job. I get it, you're advertising, but weirdly, the more you do it, the more desperate you look. And people don't want to buy or go to desperate places, but people who want to take advantage of givers will seek out those signs to take advantage of that situation. Okay? And it's why employees weirdly have too much power in the workplace. Everyone's like, oh, employees need more rights. I'm like, no, they have too much power because we allowed desperation to happen. We allowed them to work at home. Now no one wants to go back to work. Fucking nuts. Okay? No, we gave away too much and we allowed desperation, which COVID created desperation for all companies. And it went rampant, and it's the dark age that I'm talking about in the mental health is we went into this period of desperation. I don't want to die. I need to wear a mask. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. I need a vaccination. Vaccination. Oh, my God, don't get near me. Push away everyone in my life. Okay? I just happened to do it outside of COVID. COVID, I went head on into the freaking thing and hit the gas. All of a sudden, when it all ended, I did whatever. And here's the thing about givers, okay? When we all of a sudden realize that we're being taken advantage of, and people are taking advantage of us, we actually start to expel everything out of our lives. Okay, I don't know why that is, but we're all of a sudden like, I can't do this. I've surrounded myself by takers. I need to bring balance back. And it looks very bad. Sometimes it's like you eliminate two-thirds of your staff, and people sometimes call it a layoff because the business is doing really bad. 
what it really means is we've done bad not because we made poor business decisions it's because we have poor culture right now a business doesn't do badly because it's not making the right business decisions okay those are symptoms the wrong business decisions are symptoms of your business they're symptoms of bad characteristics or core values in your company period so i just want to anchor that for everyone so michael um let's talk about a little bit about you know what motivates you what keeps you going we talked a little bit about it on the last one we talked about your role models and stuff like that so we know all that but you know as you're starting to get into this and realize that i need to attract people you know what is it that is is I mean, you're, you keep studying, you keep growing. At some point, people will be like, oh my gosh, I have all these businesses. Maybe I better slow down or I'm good right now. Let me get comfortable. What is it that keeps you going? Because you're obviously seek growth through discomfort. Um, so what keeps me going is just kind of understanding the, the, the purpose behind the business, the purpose. No, not actually, let me back up. I'm sorry. What keeps me going is understanding the purpose behind my drive so like obviously like business falls into that but um i was telling my wife the other day i think i need to find a hobby because i think that my hobby right now is like making money like i genuinely enjoy doing it you know like i find a lot of value in what money can provide from us um but as far as um like really being like emotionally connected and driven to it or driven by it, uh, I wouldn't say the actual dollar amount is kind of what keeps me, me going. I mean, I came from, you know, a childhood to where we were able to be generally happy without it. Um, so I understand that life and happiness is possible, you know, without having it. Obviously, it makes it a lot better. But what keeps me going is knowing that I have the power to determine the final destination of not only me but well maybe not final but i have the power to dictate the direction of a lot of people in my life um i feel like i have a very powerful voice and most of the times around the people around me uh when i have something to say they tend to lean into that um you know people um i, I try to be very um willing to, to learn from other people, but I feel like that a lot of the times that um, I'm able to, to lift people up with a lot of the things that I say. So I think that that's what keeps me going. Um, I really have um, an altruistic drive. And just to kind of speak to what you were talking about a moment ago, um, and obviously we're on the phone, so it'll sound a little funny, but I felt like that you were talking to me. Like, you know, I feel like that, uh, that commentary that you, I mean, it's been something that I've been needing to hear anyways, you know, and, um, at the, at the risk of sounding a little, um, self-centered, I mean, I try to be a giver. Um, that's really what motivates me. Um, I, I love like seeing people happy. And for a long time, I thought that doing things for people in a self-serving way, like in a selfish way was negative. But I've really started to start to kind of re-gear that thought where I, I really think that it's okay to be self-serving. It's not okay to be self-serving. Like, we should be, as long as it's not at the expense of other people. Um, and for me, 
Um, I have learned to serve my own needs by serving others. Um, and I, I try to be very transparent about that. I like to lift people up and add joy to people's lives. Um, knowing that it's you seeing them happy, it makes me happy. And that's okay, you know, um, as long as we're doing things that are not detrimental to people and it makes us happy, you know, why not? Um, but what that does, I feel like if we're not like extremely um, rational and just like paying attention to the things that, you know, like aware of the things that are happening around us and how people are interacting with us, we will come across a user who will literally like, you know, pull every ounce of energy out of your body, you know, because they're like, oh, okay, that person is a giver. Like what else? They're already giving me more than someone else typically does. So what else can I get from them? And that's what I started to run into uh, when I was coming from the state of like hiring from desperation and just like needing people in the business. Now I don't need people in the business. I want people in the business. But you also need to want to be in the business. And by want, I mean like you're going to need to be in alignment with our values and what's important to us because we don't we don't need you. We want you. And we only want you if you're willing to help us achieve the goals that we're looking to achieve, which is time freedom and the ability to take care of our family, et cetera, you know, the happiness that we're looking for. Um, in the past year or so, I've really tried to start managing the, what I call an energy exchange with people. Yeah, you know, like right now, I feel like this is a really great conversation between you and I. You know, you're giving about 50% energy. I'm giving about 50% energy. Maybe on your next call, it might be 70 30. 3070, you know, and I feel like that every interaction that we have with people, places, things, there's some type of energy exchange, and it's up to us to determine how much of our energy that we're willing to, to give. So if you look at it on a scale of 100, you know, typically you want it to be a nice balance, 50-50, but with friends and family and different and businesses, someday it might be, uh, you know, 70-30 or 80-20, but the next day it's important that it flips back and that you get that that energy back into you because if you are always the one putting the energy in at what point are you going to be at a detriment and once you're at a, a detriment on your energy how are you able to continue to invest your time and the thing into the other people places and things that are important to you you know like like let's say your spouse like every day you're, you're pouring 70 percent into that person and they consistently just give you 30% back. You know, you're never able to to recoup. So now you're maybe your kids suffer or your businesses suffer. So um, to speak on being self-serving and why I think it's okay. Um, if we're going to have people in our life and run our businesses or go to work or whatever it is, we have to understand at what point um, we start to serve other people in expense to ourselves and have a really great feel of how much of ourselves that we're willing to give and kind of determine your position and then move forward. And that way that you can give yourself in a way that you prefer opposed to allowing a taker to come in and take as much as they want and then you say, whoa, 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 that's enough. Now instead it's, um, here's what I'm willing to give you. And that's it. If you don't like it, slide. I don't need you around. You know, this is what I have to offer. 
Um, and, you know, maybe today is more than tomorrow or tomorrow is more than today, but this is about as much as you're going to get out of me, you know? Um, and the reason that I'm doing that is because I'm hoping that in terms that, you know, you're going to be, um, you're going to be my friend or you're going to work for me or like, you're just going to smile. Like not every, I don't feel like that every deed requires like a direct response. Um, you know, like I hold the door open for people sometimes, you know, just because it's the right thing to do. Like, I don't expect you to hold the door for me next time I come through. I'm not hoping that the next guy holds the door for me. Like I just do it to do it. That's self-serving. I like to make someone smile, like, whether they say thank you or not, like it just makes me happy to stand there, give someone a couple of seconds of my time. I don't need anything out of that. But there are other interactions where uh, where you are looking to, to get something out of it. And I think that unless you're verbally like speaking that, it kind of becomes unfair to expect people to know what it is that you want and what you're looking for. And then, you know, it causes us confusion or anger because people don't, necessarily understand fully like what it is that we want or what what it is that we're looking for for them so i try to verbalize what i expect and then i try to over deliver on what i assume people expect but at the same time like i think it's really important to, to validate that instead of just saying oh like this is what justin wants hey justin what do you want and once i hear that now i can decide Am I going to give that to you? How much of myself do I need to, to put out in order to, to meet that need that you have? And um, so anyways, that, that's a very long answer. And I kind of got a little off base from your original question, but um, just felt like it was all kind of necessary. Well, that was some powerful stuff. Uh, I'm definitely going to speak on it, but I'm going to actually continue it into the next episode, guys, and in the audience. And Michael, thank you so much for being on the show. We're going to break this into two parts anyway, so we're just going to stop right here. We're going to actually end the episode and then just jump right into the next part. I'm going to start commentating on what he just said, what Michael just said here from Nash Dogs, and we're going to jump right into it on the next episode. So everyone, I'm sorry, but we got a lot more contact. These are diamonds here, okay? These are some of the best episodes we've ever done right here, these two. Okay, this is going to make impact in your life and save your relationships and save your businesses these episodes. Okay, how do I know? I've hit rock bottom, and even amongst all of it and everything I've done, even with all the success and everything I've had, I still pulled myself out of it. Okay, you can too. Even if you're in it now and you've already made these mistakes we're talking about on this one and the next one. Or what I talk about on the Centurion Leadership Battalion show and the identity crisis and what happens when we have one. Sometimes we mess up, guys. We're humans. We blow up our lives. We ruin them. That doesn't mean we don't have a new start. That doesn't mean God still doesn't have a plan for us. Okay? But I am telling you that I've released 140 episodes in six months just on this podcast and this show alone after I had an identity crisis, or even partly when I was going through one, okay? Because oddly, a panic attack can last, you know, hours. It can last weeks sometimes where you're in a constant state of panic. Been there. You can have identity crisis, and it can go on for months. You can hear in some of the episodes I did back then, back in December especially, 
that what was going on and how confused and misunderstood and talking about wanting a family and all the shit when I had one, you know, that I was just losing my mind. I was losing my identity. I had walked away from the best things in my life. Okay. Because something else happened that, that made me lose my identity in its entirety. Okay. So we can talk about all of that on that episode, but in the meantime, thank you guys for listening in. You can find us on Instagram at just the food entrepreneurs. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the entrepreneurs who have been on the show. I love you guys. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for believing in this show. All the audience out there, the downloads, the 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 number of downloads, the the success, the number of countries that we're in. Well over 135 right now. Okay? On a monthly basis getting downloads from all those places. Incredible. Thank you. It's extremely humbling, but I am grateful that for the support because and the belief in what we're doing because it took a long time to get here. Four and a half years we've been doing this. So thank you everyone for listening in. I'm Justin Bizarro. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. You can find me on Instagram at Justin Bizarro. Again, like I just said, you can find the show at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs and you can find the podcast or any of the other podcasts I do on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. And we're out. <music>